fabulous places in L.A. and we're at the Saddle Ranch Chop House? Hey, don't complain. It's the closest bar without a hill involved. You see, this is what I'm talking about. Look at her. She screams sex. It's so honest. I wish I could be more like that. Well, stop fucking complaining about it and just do something about it. Okay. Which lovely lady's going to be next? Well, welcome back to the Miranda's podcast, um, friends. Hey, everybody. We are midway through season three with season three, episode 13, Escape from New York. A fantastic episode. Well, it's going to be fantastic two episodes because it's a two-parter in L.A. This episode was very self-aware and, and dare I say meta. It was very aware of itself that it was like, we're doing something different here. Very on the nose um, at many times. I thought it was a fantastic oh, episode, to be honest. I, I, I loved it. Um, I think you guys can already guess my rating for this. And I'm yeah. going to write it down so I am not influenced. I've already written it down. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to write mine down right now. Okay. Yep, written it down. I'm not going to be influenced by anything you say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, we'll reveal at the end. I would love for us to talk about that Kim Cattrall link that um, a bunch of you have sent us today. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for thinking of us. A shout out to Tron. Grace. One of our listeners in the UK. Grace. Yep. New York. Oh, damn it. I didn't Sending them our that. way. Um. Do you want to do a little summary of the Kim Cattrall link? So the Kim Cattrall piece that came out, I believe it's in Vulture Variety. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> <laughs> those are the same thing. I've never even knew those were separate until this very moment. All right. You know what? You're absolutely right. Who gives a fuck? It's the Variety. Okay, okay, it, could be, variety. it could be the, the goddamn post of the Times. Who cares? So... I don't this, give a fuck what it is. It could be fake news. This piece is a really like interesting <laughs> kind of deep dive into Kim Cattrall's experience with like finding out about it just like that, why she didn't want to do it. And it really makes you, first off, Kim Cattrall has had amazing publicity since and just like that. She's thriving yeah. and has really come yeah. out on top. Yeah. Well, the the piece is called And Just Like That, Kim Cattrall Found Power and Saying No. Yeah. Yeah. She knew it was happening, but like didn't but like didn't she didn't follow along with injustice. Yeah. Like that. She hasn't indulged in it. She's like doesn't care about it. She's very like Sounds like she didn't even watch it either, according to this article. Yes, no, did not watch it. Nope. And I guess she had been approached like a couple times to do a third movie. And she just was like, okay, like, no. <laughs> I, and, said no. I said no. Yeah. And in the article, it says, um, quote, in the film that didn't happen, Samantha's storyline reportedly revolved around her receiving unwanted dick pics from Brady, Miranda's 14 year old son. And I texted that to you. I love that they included that because <laughs> yeah. first off, 
no wonder she wants to say no. Like, of course, the, like the the like how undignified that you. Yeah. Brady is a beloved child. OK, on the show on the show. And now this character who's basically like an aunt to him is going to get like a dick pic from him. That's it's kind of gross. Yeah. And it's also just like, again, like, you know, not that like not that actors need to be so connected with the characters they play. Or that they are the characters they play. But it is like kind of insulting almost like, oh, so you're going to put up like this whole production. People have to go back to work. You know, they've already hung up their coats on something that they worked on for years. They have to get back into it. And then you're going to give her like a really like shitty like punchline of a plot point. Like Mm -hmm. it just feels insulting. Like, oh, LOL, duh, dick pics from Brady. Yeah. And and particularly in like we we are in a much more sex positive culture now. And yeah. Samantha, and this is something the article touches upon that she yeah. was an icon in the kind of sex positive movement and particularly on TV depicting, you know, powerful, positive women engaging in non-monogamous sexual relationships and being unapologetic by um, doing so. And I think the character of Samantha would have really kind of done well in the environment now and maybe showing sex positivity for someone in an older age. Like, the character of Samantha, I really wrote off as a slut growing up. And I had such kind of like a stigmatized view of her. And so you're kind of both in awe of her and, 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 and kind of confused by her behavior. But then seeing her now and after talking, especially with Audrey last week, you realize like, what a, what a great character this is. Mm-hmm. Strong, intelligent, compassionate, interesting, like all these things. And cares yet, about her friends. Cares about yeah. her friends, loyal. And I don't know if those qualities, for whatever reason, were really, I don't know, given a, 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 a platform to shine at all times. I think she was kind of made the joke Ag- a lot. They weren't acknowledged in a way that, they really should have been. I mean, aside from like people like, you know, the viewers appreciating it. I I just feel like, you know, why do all these other characters have to have these like story arcs and Samantha's just falls flat, like Charlotte has a family and Miranda's coming out and carrots, carrot, carrot, (laughs) carries, you know, husband fuck boy dies and she's dealing with going back into the world of dating and like you know going back to her old apartment and Samantha gets dick pics from a child <laughs> like yeah like come on yeah no it's um I yeah I'm telling you after recording this podcast I mean we've said it we are the Samanthas too like we yeah. are <laughs> The Samanthas. Yeah, we are the Samanthas. New 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 merch will be made. Um, yeah, well, it's it's interesting because another uh, quote from the article is the 65-year-old actor who says she hasn't watched in just like that shared her thoughts on why exactly she walked away from one of the TV's biggest phenomenon. It's a great wisdom to know when enough is enough, Patrell says. I also don't want to compromise what the show was to me. The way forward seemed clear. And that is so Oh, that is mm-hmm. so elegant. I don't know. There's something about yeah. her that's really just together and poised and 
it seems like really reflective and yeah, you, you got to know when enough is enough and when to shut the door and when to move on. And she has all these other projects, which is really cool, which the article talks about. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think in our the in media today, people are really trying to get their piece of the pie. And there's so many reboots and rewatch and redo and sequels. And there's I think there's some there's like lacks a lot of originality and like and something yeah. new and creating new. And I'm sure as an actor, like she's a serious actor. She's she really has been in interesting pieces. Yeah. Um you know, I, I can't name them all. I'd have to go on IMDb, but you know, I Mannequin, I, 1980s. I don't know. There was, there's a couple of shows that she's done, but she's she, in there. We honor her craft. Okay. But I think like, like, I think people, we need to be more like fucking shows in Europe where they do two seasons and they're like, we're done. Yeah. All right. Fleabag yeah. was amazing because oh. they fucking did two seasons. There's no Fleabag reboot. You know, there's no, I mean, I would watch a third, fourth season of, of that. Of course we would, but it probably wouldn't be as good. <laughs> and I think American shows and American media, we just like constantly want like more and more and we suck the life out of good things, you know? And yeah. I, and I, and sure, did I love so sentimental. watching Sex and the City, the movie? I did. I got excited by it. But it, and then it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of takes away from the show. Like, let, like, let's leave it at the show. Just leave it at the show. That's it. Leave it at the show. Leave it at the show. Leave it at the show. Because what happens, at least for like characters like me and Sarah, is we start getting like. Like you said, characters. Characters. Yeah, no, because we start like getting a little bit like too hung up and obsessive about like um, inconsistencies and like like lack of continuity. Wait, 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 wait. No, Pam's mom was a different character and now. They brought back this other one. That character would never date Michael Scott. Like things like that, you know? Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I'm definitely a loyalist to shows that I love. Um, and I think, sure. Am I going to watch just like that season two? Absolutely. We'll we'll do work on the <laughs> podcast about it. But are we? Are we? <laughs> Gilly, we definitely are. Um, yes. So I thought the piece was great. If you haven't read it, check it out. Um, uh I'm getting a weird flashback right now. This is like the random kind of thoughts that pop into my head. I remember growing up, I believe Kim Cattrall and her husband came out with like a, a sex book. I, okay, I got to I, I gotta Google this right now. I have to Google get on this. eBay right now. Because in the I, meantime, I think we have uh, this. I'm going to type really, really quietly. In the meantime, Sex. something that Darren Starr said about Samantha or about Kim Cattrall is, quote, I think the one thing I could have never guessed going into the role of Samantha in Sex and the City was just how funny Kim could be, says Darren Starr. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually laughed multiple times in this episode, just in um, Kim Cattrall's delivery of Samantha's lines. Um, Sarah is going to go into a recap, but. You know, for people who've watched, you know, the Sex and the City episode in Los Angeles, we know that Samantha meets like a dildo model and they go to his like um, dildo like release launch party and he has like a cake, a penis cake, and it just shoots, it pans over the cake and then it goes to Kim Samantha's face and she goes, Isn't this fun? <laughs> 
<laughs> like you've never seen her more enthusiastic. <laughs> and that made me laugh out loud. No, Kim Cattrall has amazing <laughs> facial expressions. She does these teeny little things with her face and her and her delivery. I remember this her line. I remember the guy amazing. who's like, it's me, Mark, the guy. She's like, no, no, no. I'm not like, who is this? <laughs> It's fun. This is fun. Yeah, I, yes. First off, yeah, Kim Cattrall was great in this episode. I love it. Let's get into the plot and then we can kind of dive into some other like, Should we amazing- have Kim Cattrall on the pod? Do you know what? I, I mean, think, I'm joking. She, no, no, no. I think she would come on. <laughs> we're not like that pro sex. We're, we're loyalists to seasons one through six and we're very pro the character of Samantha and we're very pro Kim Cattrall. Now, Sarah Jessica Parker's not coming on. I, Sarah, you're acting like we have a choice. You're acting <laughs> like they're knocking at our door. It's called manifestation, bitch. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's, have you read The Secret? I haven't, but I think that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I don't know. I like okay. Oprah. <laughs> yeah, I like Oprah. Sue me, all right? Um, okay, let us let let me do a quick summary. Do your quick summary. Let's get all into right. it. All right, so the ladies are escaping New York, and they are heading to <laughs> Los Angeles for um, a, pr- a, a production studio is flying and sending Carrie out because they want to... <laughs> Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing at some more Samantha lines that are coming up. Oh, gillyweed. Okay. So <laughs> um uh you lost I lost my train of thought. Now I don't even know what I'm gonna say. Okay. Recap. Production studio yeah. sends the girls out. They're gonna turn Carrie's columns potentially into a movie. They get to go to LA. It's sunny, it's exciting, they have amazing outfits. Charlotte is Amazing stuck outfits. back in New York with her impotent, in quotes, husband. We're going to get more mm-hmm. into imp- impotence later. So Charlotte stays behind. In this episode, Miranda is kind of on a quest to discover her sexuality and her kind of yeah. sexy side. Doesn't want to necessarily be seen as the funny, smart woman, but kind of the sexy yeah. woman who puts it on display. Who puts it out there. Puts it yeah. out there with an iconic Miranda scene in this episode. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. Lots to talk about there. And Samantha in this episode, we already said, meets this dildo model, has kind of a little fling with him, and then he gets too serious and she's she ends it. And carrying this episode, uh, gets to hang out with Sarah Michelle Geller, Matthew McConaughey, and yeah, gets to have an amazing conversation with Matthew McConaughey about amazing. Mr. Big. It was such great casting. It was absurd. It was so good. It was um, so good. And also, but the Carrie actually does reflect on her <clears throat> relationship situation. Because, yeah. um, you know, I think, doesn't the episode start out with um, the girls at brunch? And they're basically like, okay, we'll see you at the airport. But Charlotte's, you know, hanging back because she's just come back from Bermuda from her honeymoon with Trey. And she's showing all the pictures to the girls of, you know, she and Trey golfing at Bermuda, wearing Bermuda shorts in Bermuda. And Carrie's like, oh, you kids are crazy down there. (laughs) Um, And so then Miranda and Samantha leave to go finish packing, like, and get to the airport. And then it's just the two of them. And Charlotte basically shoots to Carrie and is like, 
Trey and I didn't have sex on our honeymoon. And then Carrie's like, Aiden and I broke up. I told him, like, about the affair. And then Carrie's like, you win. <laughs> it brings us to the question of impotence because mm-hmm. <laughs> Carrie says, like, something like, maybe he's impotent. And it's, I love this. She's like, no, he's gorgeous. He's, my husband can't be impotent. He's gorgeous. <laughs> I think we need a new chime for Charlotte. I've been thinking about it for a while. I just want a nice, sweet, handsome, funny, great guy who doesn't say things like sweet lips. Is that too much to ask? Okay. Because I think he could be the one has kind of you know, worn off a little bit now that she's married. Yeah. I think it needs to be like Denial? something along. I don't know. I think it needs to be something lines of like cute, innocent Charlotte remarks. Cute, innocent. Yes. There's so many of those. God, I wish we could go back. He's and gorgeous. He can't be impotent. <laughs> okay. So you asked me to look up the definition for impotence. Yes, I did. What is impotence, Sarah? Uh, in Number one, so this is the inability to take effective action, helplessness. Okay, so there's that concept of impotence. The in, from in this definition, we're looking at an inability in a man to achieve an erection or orgasm. Um, in a sentence, few men suffering from impotence feel confident enough to ask their GP for advice. So it's essentially like an inability to achieve an erection or orgasm. Okay, it. Is really with the orgasm? Because what if you can get it up, but uh, or get the sales up as traces? Know exactly what that is, but like I feel like a lot of people like can't. I feel like a lot of people like can get it up, but like can't necessarily like climax. But that might be related to like SSRI stress factors, pornography. I've always thought impotence was more unable to get the erection and maintain it. That's what I thought. Yes, impotence was. and oh yeah, most of the 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 um. So an impotence is also called it's rather called erectile dysfunction ED. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those are synonymous. Impotence, I think, is an more of an outdated term. I like the, I, I that's not a medical like insurance isn't going to cover impotence, but it's going to cover erectile dysfunction. I think. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That sounds more clinical than. Impotent. Yeah, impotence feels like mm, yes. you're incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where erectile dysfunction is like, it's not you, it's your penis. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it shoots to um, Carrie, like, you know, leaving brunch and she kind of like looks around and next thing you know is the girls are in LA. Are, they're in LA. And I love when they arrive because they're just so in need of vacation. Miranda needs this. And I love that Samantha goes, hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> like classic, just like cornball Samantha it's saying so something corny. just ridiculous. But I think they really captured when you land in a sunny place, just that brightness. Oh, like when you're not God. used to like warm, sunny weather, everything is just like brighter and illuminated so and right and you know they're rolling those suitcases and they're there and i i just thought they captured um getting to a warm destination it's quite so, well even driving down here from san francisco san francisco is really bright too but driving down here a month ago i've been here for a month now i was like holy fucking hell it is so bright outside that i'm like 
putting on my like sunscreen, not just on my face, on my body every day. Because even just oh yeah, you sitting, know, then it's serious. <laughs> I'm getting like a farmer's tan just from like eating my tuna salad outside. Um, I mean, but this is why I need to potentially move to LA because I thrive in sunlight. I am a plant. I don't know what kind of plant needs a lot of sun, but I know I'm that that plant. Um, Sarah's actually yeah. going to be visiting in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here. I we wish might- we had timed it for the LA episodes. But I know, oh but well. maybe maybe we can get a little creative there. Um, but I love when they go to the hotel. Basically, we find out that the production company meant to book three rooms. They only booked two. And Miranda does the math and she's like, yeah, I'm going to be staying with Carrie, not Samantha. <laughs> But I loved Miranda's. Hilarious. I love Miranda's reaction. She was like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Right? And Carrie's like, "She's from New York." <laughs> yes, that. and that actually really and this carries oh. well writing wise to ep- the the next episode because yeah. Miranda's going to start kind of trying to release her New Yorkness, right? And that like yes. tendency to be like quick and a little fiery and a little yes. angry. Um, so you're going to kind of watch Miranda be on vacation, and we and the, by the end of the episode, we see that where Miranda literally love loosens up her buttons. Um, so okay, which do you want to? Yeah. What plot do you want to go into first? Well, they're really interesting plots because they're all like they're new all plots. I think I want to talk about yeah. Miranda's first. I think, I think so you know, too. We, I think Miranda I think so. for the past couple yes. episodes we've kind of been ignoring her plot because she's been mm. you know just like you know interested in hot dogs and you know pretending to be a flight attendant. So. What I liked here in this this episode is Miranda's having this great conversation with a guy at a bar and she tells him that that um, she's a lawyer and he says it's so nice and he ma- and, and she makes him laugh and he's like, it's so nice to have a conversation with a smart, funny woman. And yeah. it's such a nice compliment. And then this like, you know, hot chick walks by with big boobs and the guy's eyes just follow her. And he was like, sorry, what was I saying? And it's so nice to have a conversation with a f- smart, funny woman. Could you excuse me for a second? Yeah, and he like leaves. Yeah, and she loses the guy, and you can just feel the defeat. And um, I don't know. I it was such a quintessential Miranda moment across the series, though. Where yes, this is very on brand. It brings us to like the pilot. Remember? Yes, when, yes. When I can't remember how like Miranda is talking, but like she's you know, confronting the camera. She's talking to what's his name? That's not Squirrel. What's his name? Um Squirrel. <laughs> what's, his name? what's his name? He's the Skipper. poor man's Tom, poor Skipper. man Tom Hanks. Okay, Skipper. Oh, yeah. Skipper. <laughs> squirrel. All right, he, he basically could have been named Squirrel and it would have fit fine. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, Skipper. Okay. So she's talking to Skipper about this. And so this is very unbranded. <laughs> Squirrel sounds like it's he's from Burning Man or some hippie shit. Oh, I was gonna say he sounds like he's like a squirrel, like a Harry Potter wizard or something. Okay, so all right, so she's she's talking to Squirrel, talking to Skipper, and I know it gets funnier every time you think about it. Squirrel. Um. Okay, she's talking to him. This is very on brand for her character. She's constantly questioning, like, is she hot enough? She's confident in her intelligence and her wit and her ability to like hold and carry a conversation. But she consistently doubts her looks and her ability to attract men 
for yes her looks and i this is so fucking relatable because i think a lot of women are like burdened with this and i know i yes. felt burdened by this i me too me too and totally 100 you know dakota and i were actually talking about this the other day okay so i had like a this relates and this is a little bit of a tangent i had a full like breakdown the other day before oh. i was going bowling i had okay. like i, I okay, <laughs> 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 I, i'm gonna get there there's a point please do. and i i i was like staring in front of my closet and i felt so unattractive i have like seboric dermatitis oh right now which is essentially like like dandruff on steroids it's terrible and oh. i looked in the mirror and i and my hair looked fucking bad i fucking hated yeah. everything in my closet i looked like a fat fuck i, I was i was like going down a rabbit hole i know and i was like I so much of my self-worth is tied to how i look not only how i look but how yeah. people perceive me yes and so much yes. of it is rooted in like will men yes. find me attractive and i'm like happily yes. engaged with somebody yes. who finds me attractive and it's still like not enough it's this thing that sits and it's waits and like you know, it, we, yeah. we're just indoctrinated with the male gaze at such a young age. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, how do you rid yeah. yourself of that? I don't know. And it's not pervasive in the you sense. You really like, have to separate. Because it's when really I'm at, hard. When I'm at so work, hard. it doesn't matter. I don't really care how I look. <laughs> certainly doesn't matter. You're like, I do not want to be looked at. Yeah. Men and my, my students. No, I intentionally actually, like, I never wear anything low cut. <laughs> I don't wear anything tight, whatever. But. So when Miranda felt this feeling kind of passed over for someone who was like this like girl who was super like she could just get the guy because of her looks. It felt. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I think a lot of women feel this way. Oh, totally. I feel like I think we joked about it on a or maybe I, <laughs> maybe I was joking with you before, like I came to New York. I was just feeling like. You know, uh -huh. like, ah, my self-esteem isn't great. You know, I'm like coming out of a relationship. Like things are like kind of hard right now, but I'm going to really dial up the personality. I'm going <laughs> to dial that shit up. <laughs> dial it. <laughs> Volume nine. All right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And just all jazz hands and all, you know, quips and jokes. And <laughs> but I will make you laugh. Sorry, I have a cough. Um, yeah. So, no, you're right with the dialing up the personality and you're super funny, Gilly. You always make people laugh. And it reminds me of this line in Sex in the City. And I think Big says, um, you know, at the end of the day, you just want to be with the one who makes you laugh. And I, I wonder, do you think I, I think guys really want that? I don't. I think they'll like fuck a really hot girl. I mean, who who wouldn't like that? That's great. But I, I actually think men aren't as superficial when it comes to finding a partner. At least a lot of the no, men. I know. No, yeah. no, no, no. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think it's really easy to kind of fall into this, you know, girl boss kind of you know, man-hating mode, which is like, men only want this and that. But I actually don't think that. Yeah, no, not I at think all. Every, I think I truly, truly believe that like the number one quality that people look for is like <laughs> genuineness. I think that people want to see something real and I think they, because they want to feel seen and mm -hmm. they want to be seen as real themselves. And so I... 
I do think that there is like a humongous emotional component. And and I think it goes to what Carrie was saying to Miranda when they were in the, I don't know where the hell they were. They were at the Hustler store, the gift shop. And Miranda was saying, you know, I want to be like her. I just put like sex out on the table. Yeah. And <clears throat> Carrie asks, yeah, but like how long does that last? You know, like basically Miranda saying like, that's how you get the guy. But Carrie's saying like, but how, but for how long do you have the guy? Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think in college, yeah, I think that's a good point, you know, it is like, right. can you, how long does the sexual appeal get? Like how, how long can you sustain that? Because I really think that like, if, especially if you're like in a longer term relationship, like sexual appeal, like it really changes like how you see the person yes. sexually. Like they're not like you have to kind of like sexualize yourself because you're not going to like automatically be like that sex. It's hard to describe, but like when you like deepen a relationship, you 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 go into this like other mode of intimacy and compatibility and it's not yeah. like you're walking sex all the time right like i think most people hopefully you understand what i'm saying but i remember so much in college thinking i i needed to to just like look sexy exude, exude it sex. like exude it all yeah. the time and be that and be yeah. on but that's like constantly constantly Ugh. american apparel the shorter the tighter the better <laughs> We weren't sure if it was the California climate or the five Lone Star beer she drank, but as soon as she got on that bowl, Miranda escaped. Miranda. I think the conversation that that Miranda brings up, in, you know, is desirability with men. And I think since we were very young, we were kind of taught and learned to be objectified and to see ourselves not at. through our eyes but through the male gaze and like how yeah how is he gonna see me you know how what am i gonna look like and and i think the the reason why i brought up the conversation about the tantrum that i got, I got this meltdown that i had yeah was that there's been this lingering worry as i get older i, I care less but i i don't know if i want men to stop looking at me like I no, wonder after a certain same after a certain point when you notice like you're not looked at as much and I and I think it's really probably really sad for women who only the big part of themselves is that sexualized beautiful part of like being looked at and as like your age is you're gonna that's gonna fade and I and I, there's a part of me that kind of is worried about not being objectified does oh, that make sense no 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 absolutely because you you're you feel like at that point that like again like we've been really like conditioned and impressed with this notion that our use and our function is to be like decorative and ornate and to be looked at and appreciated visually and um as soon as that goes, you feel like your use, your your use, and your like, you know, what utility, you, yeah, your utility and what you can bring and what you provide to be like relevant or acknowledged is gone, and you feel disposed of, and that's I think the the mourning or the grief of that thinking about that in the future. 
which is like not having a place at the table, not having, you know, and that's why, honestly, I've been thinking lately, this is like totally going down a different rabbit hole. I love rabbit holes. But I, but it's like, that's why I also like have been playing a little bit more like devil's advocate with like the whole Karen thing that's going on. Oh, yeah, because I think that I think that there's a reason why there's like a lot of like angry women, middle aged women out there. I think that there's probably a lot of like anger from over time and who knows what it can be attributed to. I mean, obviously, there's like the intersection of whiteness that plays a huge role in in privilege. But I think that there is a level of like not feeling seen when you're older and middle-aged and maybe not as attractive and like you don't count or that you're not important or that you um you know don't matter or that you're like almost like gross or like despicable you know so yeah no i i i know and i i that's an interesting kind of Obviously, we're not, you know, condoning, quote unquote, Karen behavior, but this co- this <laughs> this concept yeah. of like middle aged women who are kind of like asexualized, desexualized and like, yeah, interesting kind of. I don't know. It's 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 it maybe it's a reach, but I have been trying to want because I, I actually on my walk today, Sarah, I saw a Karen like it was full Karen mode it might have been like the most intense one I've ever seen oh whoa. she was pulled up next to an, this other car and rolled down her window and was screaming at the top of her lungs to another woman who also looked like a Karen type oh Karen and I'm so Karen. I was kind of I'm- so I was like well maybe it cancels each other out but the other one wasn't like yelling back she was just trying to like I don't know what happened who knows what happened? I think it was probably just typical road rage. And this woman was losing her fucking shit. And like, it was right in front of a high school. So, you know, all the high schoolers were like, Karen, you know, like, yeah. Oh and my so God. <laughs> anyway, so I've just been trying to kind of understand a little bit more of, of what's going on. But back to Miranda, like I completely, I actually really liked this, 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 this episode for Miranda, because I think it is really touching on something, which is, and and this is the question I actually have for you is the scene is they're like looking at a clothing rack of basically like floss, which is like a bathing suit. And um, they see this like really hot blonde woman with like a metallic, like halter dress and mini skirt. And they're like, look, like she's putting herself out there. And Miranda's like, I really admire you for putting yourself out there. Um, what do you do for a living? Like, are you a porn star? And she's like, no, I'm a lawyer for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but it, I guess for me, it begs the question, do you think you maybe it's a, maybe it's a flat question to ask. But do you think you have to put yourself out there sexually mm. and put put sex out there on a platter to be <clears throat> noticed? And in brackets by men, because we're like obviously speaking in heteronormative um, terms. I think it depends on 
what the end goal is is the goal to be noticed yeah i know i have (laughs) i have a large chest i know if i wear a certain type of top men are going to look at my boobs women look at my boobs like i look at women's boobs like boobs are very like men are drawn to boobs so like i'm drawn to boobs right boobs are great so i know if i wear a certain thing i'm gonna get a certain level of attention But I also know like if I'm like at a dinner party and I'm telling like an engaging story, if I'm talking about my work, like I think I can be attractive in that sense because like Mm -hmm. I'm confident and I'm making people laugh and I'm like being kind of silly. I I don't know. Does that make them like people want to fuck me? I don't know. But like maybe I I don't know what (laughs) what's the end goal. The end goal for me has always been about likability. I want people to like me. Yeah. And and for a long time, I didn't know how to get people to like me. So in college, it was very easy to like have your boobs out and like look really pretty because then you kind of conflate attention with someone liking you and valuing you. Whereas now I really want to like make people feel seen. I want to make people I want to be kind I want to make people laugh and connect. I want to like connect with people and and I really yeah. like getting attention that way whereas but there's again that part of me that will always exist that wants people people think that I'm hot and I look good and yeah so but I I that's yeah. not my dominant way anymore of like getting the attention that I want because I think most of this is just like childlike needing attention and wanting to be noticed and liked yes. and wanted. And it's just very like egotistical. Um, and as we grow older, sexuality becomes a great tool for people to use to be liked and noticed and wanted and kind of fulfill those like egoness that we, you know, as children. Um, but I don't know. So I yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah. And I think I think like even when I was writing the question, I was like, God, I, I feel like I'm like some idiot writer at Cosmo, you know, because I, I mean, I know the answer to the question, which is like, no, I don't think you have to put yourself out sexually to be noticed. I like I think that's so stupid. And it, and it does feel like kind of like antique that the show is even like ask Carrie was even asking that or Miranda was asking that. Um, I think that. um it all it's really also again like you said like what is the goal like who is it that you're do you want the this kind of attention to yeah like because maybe you and do so, and maybe that maybe you do and that's fine and who cares yeah um okay but the to kind of wrap up the miranda plot at the end you yeah know, they're at this bar I am dying to go to this bar. I, I'm dying to get yeah. on a mechanical bowl. My pelvic floor therapist would, <laughs> we'll would find die. It. We'll like, find it. <laughs> both of our pelvic floors would just be ripped to shreds. We would not be able to handle this. <laughs> Ew. No, oh I God. know. I mean, like, I really think I'd hurt my back. Like, I can barely like do a somersault, let alone. No, like, I would. I would die. I yeah. Die. No, this would not be good. But. Miranda gets up on the mechanical bowl after, you know, Miranda's like, hey, she's sexy. She's putting out there. And she, mm. Samantha comes with the line where she's like, what do you stop complaining and fucking about and just do something about it? And so Miranda yeah. gets up on yeah. the mechanical bowl. We get a classic, woo, woo. She looks like such a dork, but she's feeling herself. <laughs> she looks like such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> she really does. Sorry, I know you're trying to look hot, but you look like a big old dork, but that's okay because you're confident and happy. <laughs> Okay, and she yeah. like rips open the blouse. She's got this great red little bralette, and yeah, I feel like Samantha and Carrie are kind of laughing at her. Like they're, 
like maybe in like <laughs> a friend way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely laughing at her. Yeah. It, absolutely. <laughs> it didn't feel like she was wowing them with like her sexuality. It kind of was like, oh, Miranda, <laughs> silly woman, you know? I don't know. So, no, I, but I do love, I do. The thing is, this is like why, like, I really identify with Miranda. It's like, I have the like, and I think you feel the same way too. Where it's like, remember that black tank top that you found at American Apparel and then I bought? Yes, I was so sad when I had to give that away. Me too. I like couldn't fit in, and it had like a weird stain on it. Yeah, I was like, I but like that this black tank top Sarah and I had. Yeah, it was like so simple. It was always like, are you, did, did you wear the black tank top on the date? <laughs> like it was so symbolic of feeling transformed and like. Yeah. Switch like turning, flicking one little switch and then it, it could just get you into that mode of confidence. And yeah, I don't know, maybe like a little bit of a persona. And I love, yeah, the mechanical bowl getting on there. And I feel <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of the, the flight attendant episode yeah. from the week before, which is Miranda again is like playing and she's having fun. And I'm really enjoying seeing Miranda in this like post Steve, like, shall we say, like, rebound yeah. state? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the difference between Carrie breaking up with Big and Miranda breaking up oh with, my like, Steve. <laughs> like, Miranda's, like, trying, and she's, like, interested in other people and, like, not yeah. wallowing. And it, it shows kind of Miranda's strength and her ability to be super resilient, which I don't think Carrie is. Um no, yeah, so I thought it was a great way to end the episode with Miranda on that bowl. Yeah, and it gives me it actually like this leads me to my carry tracker. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Mm. Maybe it's not even a carry tracker. I know it is. It's um, Carrie rents a um, stick shift car convertible when they're in L.A. Yep. And I actually love the car. Um and she can barely drive it, as I'm sure people remember, because they're like it's kind of like a famous scene, her trying to get up the hill and they can't get up the hill. But the episode like ends with, you know, Carrie's narration being like, if I could master a stick shift, could a special relationship be so far behind? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the difference between Miranda and Carrie, like on the rebound. Like Carrie's just so dumb. <laughs> She's so delusional. So delusional. <laughs> Absolutely delusional. I oddly didn't have a carry tracker this episode, but I think that one will hold up. I kind of think her like abandoning and not going to like the movie thing, like just career wise, I thought it was kind of a track carry tracker. Um, Yeah. Like whatever. But okay. So God, there's a lot in this episode that I wanted to discuss. Yeah. Well, I I think we got to get into Samantha. Yes. Well, I've got something to make you feel better. Oh, dildos before 10 a.m. I'm all perked up. They're autographed, one for each. Oh. My friend went to California, and all I got was this lousy dildo. Could you please put these back wherever they came from? People are staring. Please, it's L.A. Okay, this my is, question is, Yeah, I, I'm going to really embarrass myself <laughs> right now. Gilly, <laughs> I have no idea. How do people use dildos? Like, is it... Is it <laughs> Like it just looks like a giant rubber dick, which it is. And are you is someone doing it to you? Are you doing it to yourself? Like, how does that work? It's okay. So 
I have the exact, like, I've always wondered that when I go into a sex store and like they have like rainbow ones, they have ones that look like Dr. Seuss. And I'm like, it's not vibrating. It's not mechanical. It doesn't really have a function aside from being like. I'm not a whole. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a whole. It's like it's Charlotte. Um, it really, it's just this like rubbery thing. Appendage. Yeah. And I think this <laughs> and who holds it? It just doesn't seem I like know. I don't know. And I feel utilitarian. like I, I don't know. I, I know. I feel like we're like carried, not being like we're we have, you know, we I don't like being so naive or something, but or sex negative, sex negative. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just want answers. Yeah. I, you know what? I got to look this up. But this does lead well, me to my Miranda ism yes. for the episode. There's a couple of them. It feels good to be sarcastic. At the, at the brunch after the dildo party, they're looking at the <laughs> yeah. length of the penis, and I, I was, yes. I was shocked. Right, like that is a giant penis, shocked. giant, um, giant. And Miranda says the mark of a fine penis is width, and I don't know why I like that. <laughs> Do you know the average woman is only five inches deep? Is that written on your placement or something? To me, the mark of a fine penis is width. Mm. Couldn't agree more. That's why I know you'll enjoy your presence. Huh. So are you saying that Garth has the perfect girth? Exactly. I couldn't agree more. I'm sorry. Like, no one wants a <laughs> ruler inside of them. Like, no, like, I, people are so obsessed with, like, inches being long. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. Like, don't, no one wants <laughs> to have my cervix checked. Like, no one wants that. <laughs> It's just, yeah. I really don't want like a pop smear. Yeah, I don't need it. I don't need that. No, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Like, I feel like, again, I don't know. I don't know if this is like a a cultural thing. Like, I'm like a white lady. Like, I've got pelvic floor issues. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But like... (laughs) I actually don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! It's so but funny. but I've never like size is like not a pro. Like I just don't like I has never been like much part of my discourse. I think they say you're not a size queen. I'm not a size queen. No, it's not part of my discourse. Like I'm like really like loving that like. What is it? Lotto song. That's like big dick energy song. Like great song. Oh, I love when I never. It's like a remix upon another sampled song upon another sample song. But anyway, no, it's it's all about with. It's all about it's not big dick energy. It's wide. Dick yeah, it's energy. wide dick energy. It's wide dick. All right. Like, <laughs> yeah, men need to stop. Don't brag about inches. They need to. Talk about circumference. I think is that, is, that, is, is that the mathematical term? I don't know. I want to know the, the circumference, the cubic something. I'm Jason. We two need you for the math. We need our two pi, two times pi times the radius. Yeah, we need our That's data all. scientist expert. Um, so I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I still don't. I, I've been reading this. I don't know. About the dildo. Okay, well, okay, okay. Hold up, hold up. We need to backtrack because there is a question. Um, there is a quote where I think Miranda says, "Like the average woman is only five inches deep." I I did extensive research on this, which just meant I went to WebMD.com. That's extensive, and 
fact-checked. It says they looked at 100 women who had never been pregnant and found that vagina lengths unstimulated range from 2.75 inches to about 3.25 inches. When a woman is aroused is increased to a 4.25 inches to 4.75 inches. So I think saying that the average woman is only five inches deep is maybe not a correct way of extrapolating that data. But um, even five, yeah, five seems kind of a lot too, right? No, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm really really bad at like measurements and like understanding. Yeah, like I'm really bad like spatial reasoning and understanding like that's five inches. Like I, I wouldn't even know on my hands to like where to go. Um, yeah, I know. Or, or as Samantha, that's my Samantha Zinger. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Actually, when she's like, gotta love that metric system. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> when she's referring to the guy selling his dildos in Canada. He's like, well, bigger in Canada. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't tease a girl, would you? You wouldn't. Do, yeah, the, the whole, it was so ridiculous. So, yeah. I'm I, a dildo model. I thought it was interesting that they said the average was five inches. Um, yeah. If you think about, like, how big a tampon is, right? Like, I remember feeling like kind of overwhelmed <laughs> by those like old paper yeah. style tampons with the cardboard. Yeah. I remember thinking the like- ones I still use. Yeah. Not very that's, old. I use, that's an agent scroll for you, ones? right, my lady? Yeah. <laughs> those tampons are an agent scroll. I remember thinking like that is so big. And then so seeing that dildo, I'm like, what? What is so- I, It's like, that's like 11 inches. You know, if That's I was giving one of those, I would use it as like a door stopper. <laughs> that would be great. Honestly, I would use it as a dog toy. Like Cece would just, that would be like a friend for her. But that's not going inside that me. That feels really wrong. I know. I, know I, I would feel bad, but the she wouldn't understand. Cece wouldn't understand what that was. Okay. She would just be very, I don't know. Um. Speaking of ancient scrolls, there was a ton of ancient scrolls in this episode, Gilly. Oh, I didn't see any. What are you okay, talking about? Okay, I have three about? ancient scrolls. I'm going to list them off. Number one, Charlotte printing out photos and showing them to friends at the tables. Now you use oh, your fucking phone, you is, share them, right. you that post is them. An ancient scroll. Ancient scroll. Like I loved dropping off my disposable camera at CVS and picking up photos. Yeah. That is such a core memory of mine. Um, ancient scroll. Second ancient scroll, Trey is in their bedroom with their giant ass computer and he's entering data into what could only be a Microsoft Word document. But okay, so for yeah. at the time, that was probably highly sophisticated. No one in their yeah. right minds would like enter information by registry on a like Word document, right? Like you would do it on Sheets or something or Excel. Google Sheets, yeah. I mean, I would just be like a web version of it. That, so that's my that's my ancient scroll. My other ancient mm-hmm. scroll is I had one more. Ready, Charlotte licking <laughs> stamps. Oh right, because you don't lick stamps anymore. You don't lick stamps; they're sticky. You don't lick stamps. Those are all um, very paper based, information based ancient scrolls that somehow all all around around Charlotte. Well, I yeah. think that, I think we need to shoot back to that tray. Um, yeah. plot line. Okay. Because yeah. can we talk about this paper trick? First of all, that, that, you know what? That's my Carrie tracker. This terrible advice <laughs> that Carrie gives to Charlotte. 
<laughs> which is take. I don't even know what it was. She it was said, like, "Take a ring of paper and put it on his dick while he's sleeping like a big creep in the middle of the night." I did like what she said. She's like, "I sound like a perverted Nancy Drew," which was a great line. It, re- <laughs> it yeah, redeemed the bad line. idea. Um, yeah. I- I cannot imagine doing this on my my partner and just the violation. Can like, you explain? Can you please explain to our viewers just to backtrack what the fuck occurred? Essentially, Carrie wants to figure out what is this impotence? Is it physical or emotional? Can he not get hard because there's like a blood flow issue, which is for a, man, a lot of men, that's the issue. Or is it an emotional issue? There's like a mental blockage that's preventing the erection. So also she, a she, big issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she wants yeah. Charlotte to do this little experiment where she's going to like wrap or kind of tape a piece of paper around the dick because in the middle of the night, men have blood flow. They usually get an erection in the middle of the night and it would prove like. Really? Hey, yes. Physically. Men get an erection in the middle of the night? I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm like 50% positive about what I'm saying, but let's just <laughs> go with it. Based on Carrie's theory. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. Carrie tells Charlotte to do this. Wrap the paper. If. The paper breaks. He can get an erection and it's physical. Okay. Charlotte does this. She wakes up. It's like Christmas, you know, fucking morning. Opens the the boxers. The paper is broken. Alas, it is a physical issue. It it is an emotional issue because he's able to get an erection. The paper broke. Yeah. That leads Charlotte to kind of worry even more, which is like, oh, fuck. It's if he can get an erection, he just can't get an erection with me. Yeah. Wouldn't you 100% yeah. think that he's like gay if that was you? Um, I know maybe. that's so unfair. I know it's unfair to say no, that. No, I mean, may- no, I can see I can see that. Um, I think I would just think I honestly just thought like he needs to go to ther- therapy and just like deal with his shit. Well, he has some really repressed mother issues. Yeah, I think he's got issues. I think that he's issues. Um, this actually brings me to this little game, I think we actually, I already brought this up on the podcast, but I thought it was fitting to bring it up again. You know, we see Charlotte, she's in bed and she's like staring at her wedding ring. They're in their really nice, like upholstered, you know, uh, headboard. They're in their really nice apartment. And she's this handsome man next to her in bed. He's a rich doctor. And... It just made me laugh because I think I'd mentioned my friend sent me this meme, which is like there are four qualities in a man and you're only allowed to choose two. And which do you choose? And it made me think, like, can you have it all like or can you not have it all? Like some people think you can't have it all. So I don't know if we did this yet, but I'm going to give you four options. You can only choose two. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Tell me. So looks like good looking, attractive. One, healthy relationship slash like he's mentally stable. Great sex. Has a good job that they're like passionate about, but also is like financially stable. You can only choose two. You you can only choose two. Number one, 100 percent healthy relationship, mentally stable. Beyond. Check. Done. Um, Beyond. Looks I don't care about. Neither do I. Get take that take that one out. It's between the sex and the good job. I'm going to be honest. I know. It's terrible. Okay, it's, it's terrible. The reason why is I think if the he- if you have a healthy relationship and they're mentally stable, 
you are you going to have bad sex? I don't, I don't know. Do, but by say, by if I choose the job, will that mean we're having bad sex? Is this like mash? You know that game where it's like. No, I think that's it. I think you can only choose two. That's the whole point. You only can choose. You only get two. Mm. And hope for the best otherwise. Probably the job. But I'm on Prozac. I don't know. Like, I'm not like I'm not like the, the horniest person ever. So, I mean, I, I would say I chose healthy relationship. Good in bed. But I also don't know. I'm really like, I'm really, really torn on that one. But looks is out, though. Absolutely. Looks, is out. looks fade. Like, get people, that out of But there. I also think like I've, I think I've told, told you this before, like people's looks. I think women have something in their brain that looks can transform form in front of them once they start like hundred percent if a guy makes you laugh let's say he's not that attractive but he makes you laugh yeah i'm telling you it's like his face morphs to be more <laughs> more attractive tra- attractive yes do you know yes. that depending on this is fascinating i listen to this podcast WebMD, here we go <laughs> actually it's a podcast that depending <laughs> on where a woman is in her cycle she can be either more or less attracted to her partner and i mean like or more attracted to like alpha looking men around certain times in her cycle. Oh, so like literally like your that you I believe perceive as attractive changes cyclically throughout the month. So a man you might feel attracted to like at the end of the month like might not be who you're attracted yeah. to at the beginning. So looks take oh, him I out. Can- take it out. Don't care. Looks take him out. Take him out. Too too yeah. Uh, okay. So healthy stable relationship, mentally sound. <sighs> I think I still might go with it. It can't. I mean, this isn't necessarily true. So let. Yeah, we don't need a harp on this. <laughs> no, but li- no. I, I, <laughs> we spent the next like fifty minutes. But, yeah, <laughs> like we're still right. recording, Sarah. Well, we, <laughs> okay. We're gonna put a poll on Instagram. Like, can we move on, please? Yeah. Okay. But okay, we're we're gonna put the poll on Instagram. Make the poll, guys. We're gonna put a poll on Instagram. Please answer. Please, please. also let us know what you think about the poll. Um, Sarah, right? The second post will be thoughts i'm writing that down <laughs> okay anyway all right i wanted to Gilly. i wanted this to be share a long one. um i know i wanted to share um another samantha zinger i had please do <laughs> so they're they're in the car the stick shift car that carrie got because she wanted it <laughs> cute with her outfit and it it did and the girls are in the car and they're trying to get up this hill and it's like <laughs> And they just can't get up the hill and the hotel's right there. And Samantha goes, that's it. That's enough. I'm not going to die in this tin can. I have a date with a dildo. Yep. It's a great line. The not dying in this tin can is so great. I also love Miranda with her red glasses in the back, just looking like full, full on butch, just like ready to rock. (laughs) She went like full. I don't know what just like with her spiky haircut and her like red aviators. But I thought she looked badass. I thought she looked great. I love those glasses. I think we got to talk about the celebrity cameos in this. Yes, we have two cameos. We have Sarah Michelle Gellar, who plays the like pushy PR chick who's trying to connect Carrie. But she plays herself. Plays though, right? herself. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. She doesn't play Sarah Michelle. Because Sarah Michelle Gellar oh, is, she's- is an actress. So she plays the PR girl. 
And across the bar, I was having drinks with the most ambitious and feared creature in all of Los Angeles, the junior development executive. I just love your columns. They're so relatable. Thanks. Well, I try. It's like I'm you. Or I will be when I turn 30. <laughs> you! You are such a loser! You're a loser! You are! Loser! I'm kidding! <sighs> what a loser. Um, okay. And super like stereotypical LA just kind of like you know really bubbly like you're a loser you're a loser bright white teeth hey you like, over there you're a loser yeah yeah you are just this obnoxious personality um I think the guest star I like, am I am you like she's like yeah so like invested S- super in intense yeah. I think the 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 better um a uh, guest star that I like was Matthew McConaughey who plays Matthew he was McConaughey amazing. but a really exaggerated playing an exaggerated version of Matthew McConaughey yeah um, he's so funny when he's just like going crazy and then he he even says at one point what the fuck is Carrie's problem he basically voices yeah. like everything probably we've been thinking um, yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay central relationship oh, Carrie and Mr Big huh I don't see why they couldn't make it work. I couldn't believe it. I flew 3,000 miles to have Matthew McConaughey ask the same question I've been asking myself for years. I mean, look at him. I mean, he is such a great guy. I mean, I don't know anybody any cooler than Mr. Big. My only question, really, is what the fuck is Carrie's problem? You know? What, what, What do you think? Yeah, it was super meta. It was just this like really. She's like the question I've been asking myself for the past year. Yeah, and he says that he wants to play big, which I thought was just like yeah. so ridiculous. And you could, they have like their matching yellow curls, and it's just like not gonna work. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it, it, it <laughs> super. This was yeah. very um, different for Sex in the City. I don't. This was. was definitely. I don't know who wrote this, who directed it. I'm actually gonna look that up right now, but. Um, it was a very different style of writing, and I think it was supposed to kind of like really take the girls out of New York City. It was a total escape. Really. And I love, I thought it, I think it's real. I mean, we haven't covered the second episode in LA, but I think it's really smart that they did this as a two-parter. Oh, absolutely. Really smart. Um, I actually love, I have another Samantha Zinger. Well, it's not, it's not a zinger, actually. It's just a really funny moment that like. Um, just going back to that article where Darren Starr was saying like Kim Cattrall like really made the Samantha character funny. Um, Samantha like you know kept Carrie up all night, like having really loud sex with the dildo model. Yeah, and they're at breakfast and Carrie's yawning, <laughs> and I was dying because Samantha's like, "What is it about the California air that makes me sleep so well?" <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's about California air. It makes me sleep so well. Mm. It's not the air. Your headboard knocked you unconscious. You heard us? I didn't. No, Miss Snore, you wouldn't. Are you okay? I'm cranky. <laughs> like, she didn't sleep at all. <laughs> yeah. Someone fucked her lights out. That's what I you know. It was so it was so funny. And you just have, like, Miranda <laughs> snoring. Carrie's just, you know, sp- the smoking was really fascinating this episode because California was so ahead of the, its time with smoking laws. I think it was like the first yes. state that banned indoor smoking. Oh, really? No, wow. I, I mean, I don't know this for sure. I'm, I'm, I can only assume. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> just, 
Sarah. I don't know. How am I supposed to know this fact? Okay. Once again, <laughs> um, let's do some fashion call outs because there are a ton. Oh my God. She's fashion roadkill. Okay. I'm going to start with Carrie's mismatched shoes Loved that she it. wore. She'd like these metallic, like strappy heels. And one was like pink and one was purple. And then she's wearing that like asymmetrical crossbody, like white dress with a great neckline she's smoking a cigarette she looks fire yeah um that fringe first off carrie and i think this is so great for la she brought some kind of like really beautiful fun unique pieces but they were very vintage so she had a bunch of like 70 style dresses and you can just tell they're vintage pieces um yes the the dress that she wore to the meeting with matthew mcconaughey is this like 70s style um, uh, kind of like tube dress with like a, a floral pattern on it. Um, yeah, Carrie Carrie's fashion in this episode was on point. She packed very well for this trip. Um, if only I could pack so well. Um, I also love Samantha's floral like bandeau crop top with yes. the white pants when she hops out of the car. Yeah. Um, and then the actually my my first fashion call out for Carrie was in the first kind of scene and she's wearing those great kind of like mustard yellow khaki trousers and a gray tube top and a pop of color it's very like tibby style like creative pragmatist like just this cool style i like i liked all of the fashion this episode um okay so california was the first state to ban indoor smoking there we go that's my girl yep um all right my lady all right. We have well, episode 14 next week. We have another great um, Sex and City in New York, in L.A. episode. And and what are we going to rate this one, my friend? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. Okay, we're going to do it on three, two, one. Ready? Three, okay. two, one, five. Four. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I'm really glad I wrote mine down. Otherwise, I would have been influenced. <laughs> Okay, we're off. <laughs> it's not perfect. It's really good, but it's not the perfect episode. Well, you know what? I, I took like an hour and a half walk day and was in a swimming mood after when I before I watched this. So you know what? No, I'm st- conviction. I'm sticking with my. I'm going to raise it to a four point two five. No, I'm raising it to four point five. All right. Okay. I'm point. raising it. It's really good. A really good episode. Yes. Anyway, we um yeah. So feel free to follow us at um the Miranda's Pod on Instagram. Yeah. Um, if you have any answers about impotence or the kinds of qualities you could choose, if you could only choose two of four, or what mathematical measurement would be like measured the width of a dick, which is just like I don't know. Like, <laughs> what is the ideal circumference? Um, feel free to email us at the Miranda's Pod at gmail.com. And um, also, like, we really love your reviews that you've left. Um, please, like, leave more reviews. I mean, ideally good ones. Yeah, the, the one star ones do hurt. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> those do sting. But, you know, we're that, that's OK. Everyone's it's a free country. The you know, first cut <laughs> is the deepest. You know, it's, Baby, it's okay. I don't know who's doing that. I don't even know if that's the song. But. That's okay. Um, so, yes, but we will see all of you lovely folks next week for episode 14. 
Bye, West Coasters. Bye, dildos. Bye, dildo models. <laughs> <laughs>